0: Well, hello and welcome to the All Saints podcast. Today is a somewhat special occasion. I have the absolute pleasure of being here with Pastor Celso Namuco from the Philippines. Uh, Pastor Celso and I met in, uh, just a few weeks ago at the CREC council meeting in Monroe, Louisiana, and he and I just got talking over a, a couple of uh, cups of coffee one afternoon uh, and evening. And uh, it was just, I was so encouraged and intrigued by what the Lord is doing among the churches that Pastor uh, Salsa is a part of in the Philippines. Uh, and I just thought this would be a great opportunity for, well, for me to get to know him a little bit better. I wanted to give you guys a chance to hear what God is doing in the Philippines. Um, As Pastor Celso will explain, um, uh, the the churches that he's a part of are contemplating joining up with the CREC, perhaps in the future, Uh, but it's just really fascinating to hear about the demographics and the the religious landscape in the Philippines. It's really a very different place to where we're used to here in the U.S. and elsewhere in the West, Um, and alongside all that um he's just such a genuinely wonderful guy we had a fantastic conversation for a couple of hours and um it's a pleasure to be with you again pastor Celso namuko thank you for joining us
1: yeah thank you Jeff, uh pastor Steve jeffrey uh for this opportunity sure. to uh introduce ourselves and uh, great, great. our ministry here in the philippines Great. Uh, well, I'm so glad to uh, yeah.
0: share our uh, our life here, uh, here in your fantastic. podcast. Fantastic. Well, listen, let me um, kick straight off. I already know a little bit about you and about your family. Um, but when you just begin by, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, about your family, and then perhaps tell us how you became a Christian. There's a bit of a story there, and it would be fantastic for us to hear it. Yes, uh
1: I have four children, and my my wife's married for uh, 15 years now, and my children are ages 13, 12, and 9 and 7, and the only daughter I have is my second, which is, uh, her name is Eunice, and my three sons' names are Joseph, James, and John, so Hmm. it's just easy to remember these people's names. And I was able to know the Lord because, you know, our country is predominantly uh, Roman Catholic. And uh, from typical Roman Catholic family, it's uh, very hard at uh, time to hear the true gospel of Christ. And it happened to me when I was able to hear the first uh, gospel is when I was, I was 11 or 12 year old. At the mm. time, and I was uh, selling popsicle in my village, you know, trying to raise some funds for my enrollment at that time. So I'm preparing to enter in a junior high. So that was the summer of 1988, as far as I can remember. All right. Um, when I was uh, passing by a uh, group of children, I've been taught by a uh, Sunday school teacher and she's teaching about, uh, uh, I've heard this is about uh, Lazarus and the rich man. So I right. just stopped and ring my bell, you know, when you're sending popsicles. <laughs> you're going <get>, to <laughs> get their attention.
2: <laughs> and then right. Suddenly
1: I got their attention. And yeah. the teacher, without indignant, looked at me and said, oh, this is just a kid. So just right. asked me to join the class and said that we yeah. will got to buy all your popsicle if you sit in here and be part of the class.
0: <laughs> so that's a nice so far, business deal for you right there.
1: Yeah. So that would be the best deal I could ever have that time because, you know, that's already around 10, 10, 10.30 a.m. And... It's getting, it's getting hot <laughs> outside. Right. So for me, it's just a a way to do the business,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but not to listen to the story yet. Right, but right. As, as the class progressed and I listened to the story, and then at the end of it, uh, I was really touched. And I even cried because of Lazarus and what happened to him. To him at yeah, the first yeah. uh, instance, but then I realized oh, the Lord, the Lord is uh, truly gracious and faithful mm. to him. that God brought him to heaven.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, I told to the Sunday School teacher, "I'll be back for mm. uh, for the next Bible story." But then the business happened, and uh, it's all sold out. The following yeah. day. I did not bring my ice candy box or the popsicle box. And the teacher said, what happened, Celso? What what are we going to have our snacks for today? (laughs) I told told her, I no longer wanted to be the rich man. I want to be Lazarus. (laughs) So from that time on, the gospel and the Bible ignited my heart. Mm. to know because he you know i never heard the gospel it's just purely religious right so our our
2: community and our country grew up in a roman catholic uh, religion and you're you're just 11 or 12 years old at that time right and that is the first time that i've heard the
1: gospel and then the second time is i was able to to uh, be part of the church when I was in a in first year college, when uh, there is a ministry for for college students and and one of our one of my uh, classmates invited me to come over to this fellowship of youth yeah. in in my community college where I where I enrolled and uh, I'm a freshman. And Mm -hmm. I do not know also that at that time where is the fellowship of these college students. So his name is Chris. He invited me to join that uh, weekend uh, fellowship. I I just remember that was Saturday of 1992. And uh, when I came over there, there are hundreds of uh, students, and then they're singing. And then Chris told me, if ever there were, the, uh, the worship leader will ask will be the first time here, you're going to raise your hand. I said, okay, that would be easy. But then the uh, leader said, who is first time here? No one raised their hands. So I assume I'm the first one. I'm the only one who's first time there. And it is. So I don't want to raise my hands because I don't want anybody to look at me. Right. <laughs> I was so shy. But then, come on, he just all bowed me and said, brush your hand. And then when I raised my hand, everybody comes to me and said, there's a welcome here. So,
2: yeah.
1: I just really wanted to hide because it's my first time to be in the fellowship
2: right, of right, right.
1: Christians. Because I and never really me. Yeah, they just welcomed me. Right. And that was right. the beginning of my Christian
0: life. Right. Wow, that's wonderful. I think, I, you know, I really thought I'd heard it all. But um, when I... <laughs> You know, becoming a Christian by selling popsicles to summer camp, and then going back the next day just because you didn't want to be the rich man anymore—like that's thats a new one on me, and uh, it's just wonderful. So, so you're a college-age student at that time. Um, uh, your faith has come alive over your teenage years against a background of Roman Catholicism, and we should hear a little bit more about that later. But um, tell us also about what, what happened between that time as a young man. Um, where you are now, where, where did you meet your wife, and and how did you end up becoming a pastor as you are now?
1: Yeah, so to start with the Christian life, mm. I was in a, in a freshman of, of my college years. Mm. Um, I was also elected that year, 1992, to, to be the leader of my village. We, we call it uh, barangay here in the Philippines, the smallest unit. In our government, it is belong to a town, so it's like a magistrate in the U.S. So it's a very small village, right. and I became a leader of that uh, age group between uh, 21 year old below. So I represent uh, this uh, age group in my town where my where my village is and where yeah. I bo- right. was born and grew up. So it is it is a kind of training. For the mm. future politicians
0: right okay, okay yeah.
1: of our country
0: community representative, so, that kind of thing
1: yeah right
0: yeah
1: but and that is the, the that is also the way of God to call me, so because right. I, I never came from a well known family a rich family to be able to be part of that mm. it was a miracle you know because my 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 Playmates and classmates and all those colleagues during that time just wanted me to run because there's nobody going against the son of a politician in my place. So oh, I okay. just said, hey, go on. I'll, I'll, so if you want to support me, then let's do this because so I. You ran against
0: money. the odds and you managed to get the position, right?
1: I must. I was managed to get that position, but right. that, this, this is the biggest problem that I uh, that I did not know then what will happen to me because I'm just thrown off by my friends into a, a, uh, like a forest that we don't I don't even know. This is un, uncharted territory. Hmm. And just yes, I realized that adults are also involved in politics. And I was really surprised of uh, what transpired in my first one to two years of my leadership so, but that time, also, I brought them to our church, to the church where I first heard the gospel, mm. and that gospel is uh yeah, yeah, yeah see, and the gospel is that uh, uh when i were- he- first heard the gospel is when I was a kid,
2: yeah
1: so, yeah 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 and uh, and uh so I was baptized there and I brought my your friends. My all my friends there. Yeah. So my my village, my barangay were against it, you know. Mm. It's just it's just a uncultural thing. Mm. It is such a uh, a very big uh, changes that I'm doing.
0: And and that's so, just, just to anticipate where we I want to talk to you about this in a moment or two, but that that the reason for that is because of the very strong Catholic presence in the Philippines, right?
1: Oh, right. At that time, that was early 90s and late 80s. You never heard that the popular personalities like politicians and celebrities were Christians. Right. right. Now, you know, now it's different from before. When I was able to know the Lord,
0: right, mm. right, right, and and so so uh, you, you're in that position where you've got um, uh, a sort of leadership role as a young man in your local community. You're going to church. You're taking other people with you. Uh, how, how did you end up as a pastor? And how did? And I, I want to know also how you met your wife. So can you fill in those gaps for us?
1: Yeah, I will just fill my gaps, but this is the this is it. Uh, so after two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in a in a hot seat, you know, yeah. you cannot stand hit in the stay out of the kitchen. So that's what I that's what I did. So I'm not part of this, and that also the time that I realized I'm got, got got called by God to to uh, be in the ministry.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Okay. So I I grew and grew in the Lord. I I attended camp and. Once I brought some young people to the camp, this youth camp, and then I realized that uh, I need to learn more about his word.
2: Right, right. I want right. to serve him. So yes. I entered in the
1: seminary, which is in uh, in Manila. Right, okay. So, uh, and then my my families, all my friends said that I'm, I'm they said I'm crazy because I was full pool scholar in my college and I have a, they said I have a bright future could be a future lawyer could be a, uh, a good politician the future but I give up all these uh, privileges and I entered in the seminary and I need to pay in that seminary
0: and yeah. yeah, nobody's going <laughs> to pay you to go to seminary no full scholarships
1: yes uh, so at my second year of my seminary the lord is so good that uh, a person was used by god it is a family of a member in our church small in a small town that uh, supported my studies oh, so i wow. finished my bachelor degree
2: in theology and it's a long story before i met my wife so yeah. Because
1: I I pastored this small church in that village where next to my barangay where I grew up,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yes. And there is a colleague there, a friend of mine, a common friend, so also yeah. part of that denomination, formerly Baptist. And he introduced me to my wife. That's uh, they are right. a part of this uh, intervarsity Christian Fellowship, IBCS. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah!
1: Great. So, so I was able to make, to meet my wife through this ministry.
0: Right. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yes. So uh, she she, she knew first. she was getting to know a pastor. Then she knew she was getting to know yeah. a pastor.
1: Right, and uh, right. she saw, she was also a leader of these uh, college students. Right. In, okay. uh, in in her in her university. Wow. So, okay.
2: Okay. And we, we well, that, that was other, that will strike uh, a
0: chord with. That will strike a chord with lots of people here. There are um one or two people here at the Church in North Saints who have been involved in various university ministries, uh serving in that way. And um, so that it's that's great to hear that, that um brought you and your wife together. Re- remind me of your wife's name. Forgive me, I've forgotten.
1: Yeah, my wife's name is uh Lorena, but uh, her nickname Lorena. is Honey. H-A-N-N-Y. Honey. And the reason why I wanted to share this. That's always in the setup of college college ministries and high school ministries. It's just this is uh, our population is very young. Sixty right, right. percent are young people. Right, right. And and our churches are you know, in our church seventy percent are young people
0: right now this is this goes on to something i wanted you to talk about because um many people um in the west have no idea of what the philippines is like uh how big it is how many people are there um what the religious landscape is like what what people believe can you give us a sketch of the the size the population size of of the country of the philippines um We know it's islands and so on, but how many islands is it, that kind of thing? Tell tell us all about that.
1: Yeah, the population of our our, uh, country is around 110 million.
0: 110 million.
1: Yes, and our uh, population here is 100 million in the entire Philippines. Where is the 10 million? The 10 million is outside the Philippines. Because normally right. that's our um, main force or our expert is labor. So we said, right. we jokingly said that we already give the tide to the world.
0: Right. As, uh, so that's people who have, who've moved away for work and other things and are working elsewhere. Right. right. Understood. Yes. And, and, and what's, what kind of area are those people spread out in? How big in terms of land area is the Philippines?
1: Yeah, the land area is if you compact it because we are archipelagos, islands. Yeah. We we got seven thousand one hundred seven islands, but it depends if it's high tide or low tide. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so low tide or or <laughs> what, what what kind of give us a sense of how big it is.
1: It's uh, the size of Arizona, the state of Arizona, if you compact You're kidding. the geography. Yeah. Just, just so you a have, a, you have just
0: a population what, one third the size of the United States packed into the state of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? that?
2: It, how, did, how
0: highly dense it is,
1: Because
0: right. this, this is a thing that is really interesting for us to start thinking about now. Because, um, uh, to tell us about the religious landscape as well before we get into this, because, um, are people, uh, you mentioned Roman Catholics, what sort of proportion? Of the population would call themselves Roman Catholics.
1: Yeah, the Roman Catholics comprise of eighty percent. Wow. of the population up till right. uh, to today,
2: okay. and
1: they said that uh, the population of Christians here around ten percent, and the rest, the rest ten percent is different, uh, called group Muslims and right, other the right, right. okay. religion. Okay. Yes, yeah, so the and in my province where I belong, which is Batangas, where mm-hmm. I live, is the biggest Catholic church in all of Asia, Look, is located here.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: okay. in my province.
0: Yes. So, and it's, this is interesting to hear you talk about because this rings, um, it, it reminds me of a situation in some parts of Eastern Europe. So you're saying 80% Roman Catholic, 10% Christian, and and right. then 10% muslims and so on and and of course what that reflects is that tragically the the roman catholic church in the philippines um has really drifted so far from the gospel that in in practical terms um it's it's not a place where the gospel is heard it really has just become a kind of tradition for people that's divorced from any living faith in christ
1: right and in that 80 million I've heard that it's only about 12 million are really faithful in their
2: right. religion,
1: Catholic religion, right. and the rest are nominal Roman yeah, Catholics. Yeah, yeah. But, uh,
0: it's, it's a real tragedy.
2: Story. Yeah, it's, it's a
0: tragedy. Which is it's it's interesting. It's um, uh, this this kind of thing is replicated in in parts of Western Europe, France and Spain and and Italy, um, where there are large numbers of people who still think of themselves as Roman Catholics but um, there, there's no they may be baptized um, and so in that sense they're members of the church but they they've never heard of Christ really um, they they rarely if ever worship when they do the teaching is thin or non-existent um, in Eastern Europe I, I've spent some time in Serbia and you have a similar thing with the Serbian Orthodox Church um, and it's it's a real tragedy to to think of that but I mean, it does present some opportunities, doesn't it? Because I mean, you came from a Roman Catholic background. Um, can you can you tell us? I mean, well, no, first before we get to that, um, you, to tell us about the the group of churches that you're associated with. How many? What what is your theological tradition and and the tradition of those churches? How many are they? How big are they? And so on.
1: Yeah, and I'm normally the. Theological backgrounds of the churches here are different. Mm. Uh, in the five core of our fellowship, uh, which is preached, we call it Philippine Reformed Evangelical Association of Churches, that joined CREC the uh, last year and put up a conference so that we, we could join with the CREC last year. Mm. And then... Uh, Pastor Yus and Pastor Virgil, even Pastor Ben Sedeck-Smith came over here mm. to uh, see us. Yeah. So they are, one of the cores is part of the, before the Pentecostals, and three of them are part of the CRC, Christian Reform, and I came from a Baptist tradition. Right, right, right. And in my province, normally, it's all you. You only choose between the two:
2: hmm.
1: the tradition of the Baptists or the Pentecostals, and okay. the reform is becoming uh, now flourishing. It's a
2: uh,
1: um, there is a emerging uh, emerging interest. Yes,
0: yes, yes. In the
1: reform way, uh and reform
0: theology. So that's just uh, wonderful because um we're we, we' are seeing the the situation is different here in the u s and in my home country of um England and elsewhere in Europe, but nonetheless, there is this sort of gradual or sometimes quite dramatic um, resurgence of enthusiasm for a deeper more biblical reformed Vision for the Christian faith, and so people coming from a range of different traditions—Anglican and Catholic traditions, and also from Baptist traditions—and are, are seeing the, um, the, the the blessings that we've in, inherited from our Reformed uh, forefathers in the faith. And Reformed churches are growing here in the U.S., uh, somewhat more slowly in the UK. It sounds like they're growing quite rapidly in the Philippines. Can you give us a sense of the kind of growth that you have seen?
1: yeah and just uh, in, my, in my in our church uh we grew from from one family only that was 17 years ago right. we more than 30 plus families so right. an average family here is around 6 7 members so we we got 200 uh, members
2: in wow. our church That's fabulous. and
1: that is uh i would just say 80 percent of them is from catholic belief
2: and it's right. not from
1: other churches right we are not just uh reshuffling the card
0: membership right yes that's encouraging because um what right. well, one of the things that we've been aware of here is there is a danger of that we you know we're just shuffling the deck so that reformed baptist friends are becoming reformed Peter Baptist members and you know we, we're delighted. We want to welcome people who come from uh, that tradition. But it's it's so much uh, a bigger deal, really, if people are coming f- for the first time to a living faith in Christ from whatever tradition that they've come from. Um, and and you, so your, your church is a couple of hundred people, um, and, but that's not the only church in the um, uh, Philippine Reformed. Evangelical Association of Churches. Give us a sense of how big that uh, denomination is.
1: It's not really big now because we just started around last Mm -hmm. 17 and from five churches we are now 18
2: churches. And this is a uh, very conservative uh, uh, numbers
1: only. And we don't we don't encourage a lot of churches to come and join just just to be no. part of because if we don't they don't understand really the the form of right. faith and uh, that will defeat the purpose. Yeah, if, exactly. Uh, Pastor Leo and I we just invite more and more like from the mm. from the uh, Pentecostal beliefs and other traditions. Like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so be that,
0: more, that, but, yeah.
2: Because
0: yeah, that's really interesting as well, um, Celso, because. Um, w- w- uh, here in the CREC in the United States, uh, we've been growing steadily with increasing number of new congregations, um, and at the same time, we, we don't want to go that easy populist route of just, um, so to speak, diluting our doctrinal and cultural distinctives. We we want to retain um, the 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 heritage of the gospel and its implications that we feel we've been blessed by and have received and that's a precious deposit as you know scripture calls it and we don't want to just dilute it just for the sake of growing the numbers but um you you, you talk about your growth from just uh you know less than half a dozen churches to now being 17 or 18 churches in just a few years that that seems pretty impressive <laughs> the Lord is doing some marvelous things there and just thinking about the, the religious landscape um when you have this background. Um, of large large numbers of Roman Catholic people uh, who have had exposure to some kind of church traditions alongside uh, a, an enthusiasm for um, reformed biblical uh, theology and and Christian living, it just strikes me that we we could be witnessing the start of something. Well, it's clearly the start of something wonderful, but it could be the start of something wonderful and extremely big. I mean, we're only 100 churches or so here in the US. If you guys join with us and keep growing at the rate you're growing, <laughs> you know, we're going to find that the you know, we're, a, we're a denomination that is spread mainly over two countries, the Philippines and the United States, roughly 50-50 before much longer. In, if that growth continues, it's just wonderful to think that... Um, what what we could be a part of something where the lord is doing such an astonishing work across the world not just here
1: yeah it would be exponential uh, and yeah. i would just say that uh, we're just we're just making it uh, not really as fast as we want to be that right, 18 right. churches is really we wanted to uh to be part of the process
2: Yes thank like yes, we'
1: yes, yes. the ministers, we are the elders,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: and they were able to join our twice twice in a row a year meeting like that yes, is our yeah. major conferences that's the first quarter of the year and the last quarter last quarter of the year Yes, is our bigger major, major events
0: yeah that's great and well it's it's really it's it's likely to be encouraging as well, particularly for um uh some of the, our CREC churches that are somewhat closer to you I mean we are uh 14 hours time difference apart here I mean it's I'm I'm recording this on Tuesday evening it's already halfway through Wednesday morning for you in the Philippines but we of course have churches in Russia right. and mm-hmm. Ukraine yeah. um we have churches in Japan we have we have churches in Eastern Europe um uh it's just, it, it, it may well be a, a wonderful encouragement to those guys as well to to feel that someone a little bit closer to them, not that much, you know, still some distance away, but somewhat closer geographically, you know, they've got um, uh, friends in the same uh, association of churches, the same denomination in, in the fullness of time, as and when uh, you're able to join with us. All
1: right, yes. Uh, this time is 8.10 a.m., yeah. Wednesday
0: morning. Wednesday morning. So, yeah, it's six ten PM on Tuesday here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> let me let me just um, uh, throw you a couple more um, questions. So we talked a bit about the the shape of the religious landscape, so to speak, in the Philippines uh, and the, the broad demographic picture. Um, uh, we, uh, it, it's just tremendously exciting to hear that God is bringing to Christ and bringing to such a rich fullness of faith and joy in Christ. Um, Not just you and your family and your church, but over a dozen other churches all share uh, the same kind of vision for Christian faith that we have inherited here in the US. Um, We've heard about your family background and and your wife and your kids. Um, What would be really great just to close us off with is, can, can you tell us a little bit about the particular Challenges or opportunities that you're facing at the moment as a church, and how we can pray for you about those things?
1: Yeah, the challenge here in our church, because we are uh, still in a third world country, and right. I would say that the predominantly Catholic beliefs, our politicians, mostly the businessmen, were really in one terms when it comes to using their funds so so that's that's also our our disadvantage here if we are we belong in a minority group Hmm. so normally like today it's election and the politician which you know entice those who are part of the big uh the big part of the population like the roman catholics and they are they are they are the majority so right. Right. so the funds ashna is different from the usa mm, when it comes it to to uh, doing ministry and it's our disadvantage too that's why our churches even we are just doing what we can do mm. We use all alternatives so that we can gather. Like, for example, when I started the church, we started under the bridge. You know, under the bridge. And then one missionary who supported us monthly, $100 a month, so that we could sustain. He said that uh, how much money I used when I was a church planter, that was 2004. So that we can ha- hold a service under the bridge, I said. Right. It is. He said, "Is it cheap?" I said, "No, it is free <laughs> because it's under the bridge." <laughs> yeah,
2: that's awesome.
1: So, yeah. So that's how that's how the advantages, disadvantages
2: mm-hmm.
1: of our churches, especially among rural areas, areas in the countryside. I'm now in the city, so compared to. Seventeen years ago and up to now, there are a big differences now because we got yeah. some members, but still uh the income, the average income of the family is around uh four or five dollars a day.
0: Right. So four or five dollars a day that. for a family.
1: Yeah. So Okay. It is a really big difference. Yeah, really. okay. So that's that's part of our that's our members. That's right. the part of our church.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, listen, this
2: is, um,
0: it's, it really is sobering, you know, to hear that. Um, Here in in the US, um, sometimes we get caught up in conversations about the culture that we're in, um, in relation to the political situation or or, uh, financial pressures and so on. And There are genuine concerns here. But then, as so often, uh, it's uh, a shock to us to realize that we really do have first world problems. Um, We don't have entire congregations, many of which are subsisting on four or five dollars a day. Um, So um, maybe, you know, uh, I, I pray that we are able to help and support you guys genuinely able to help and support you i have a feeling that over the years you may be able to support us um in ways that are not so much financial but have more to do with broadening our awareness of what the lord is doing across the world and those kinds of differences also um i I think may be quite sobering to many of us um and uh, that that picture of we already have um, churches in places that are poorer than the U.S. I don't think we have many churches uh, in places where there's quite that level of um, poverty. So that is sobering. And I'm grateful to you for mentioning that. Thank you.
2: Yes,
1: but... Uh... We were able to grow even on the, those difficulties, yeah. and, but without the partnership of our three brothers from other from other countries, for example, the USA, it's always been a part of uh, yeah. Yeah. the growth of the evangelicals here in the Philippines. Yeah,
2: the churches.
1: Yeah, yeah. USA, it's always been a part. Right. right. Yeah. Even our churches that are growing here, even denominations that are here, yeah, are, that's um, great. Brought up because of. Uh, our mother churches which yes. is uh, from from the usa yeah.
0: that's great well listen i'm going to close with um uh a, an advert on your behalf um a public service announcement maybe we'll call it um we didn't talk about this beforehand but um if there's anybody here in the u.s in any church or any individual um wh- whether you're in associated with the crec or not if you've uh, Heard this podcast or watched this video, if you would like to get in touch with um, Pastor Celso, then you can do so um, through me or uh, through us here at All Saints. Um, this video, you've probably come across it on YouTube or on our church website. But if you've not found it on the website, then we are at allsaintskirk.com, ww.allsaintskirk, K-I-R-K dot And so if you have no other way of getting in touch with Pastor Celso, you can do so just by dropping us an email. You'll find the details on the website. Um, uh, If you want to just find out more information, I think we might get in touch with them again in a few months' time and do another video. Uh, If you're interested in finding out how you could support them financially, you could get in touch with us, um, and we can pass on their information to you. Or you could get in touch with um, uh, the CREC presiding minister. Um, uh, Go to the CREC website, crechurches.com, be able to get in touch with him there. I hope, Pastor Celso, this will be the first of many, many interactions between you and not just us, but many other churches here um, in the CREC. Well, I hope that that we're able to bless you um, in uh, uh, something like as much as you've already been a blessing to us just in sharing those accounts of what the Lord is doing among you. Thank you very much for taking the time um, at the beginning of what's probably a long day for you to share what the Lord has been doing. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we also thank you for your support, even with Pastor Leo and I and the Alma when you we were there. Yeah, So, yeah. privileged to know, to know you and, and CREC, and to be part right. of the council is a big blessing for all of us here right. in the
0: All right. Well, the Lord bless you, my friend. Um, I want to keep in touch with you. I look forward to seeing you again next time uh, we're able to bring you over to the U.S. Uh, but for now, um, thank you. The Lord bless you and take care bye for now
1: bye for now thank you god bless